This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Addict Podcast Thursday edition. Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam back again to get you ready for the Kansas City Chiefs and their road trip, business trip, to Indianapolis to take on a Colts team that is having a rough start. Uh, <laughs> how you doing today, Verderam? Doing good. Doing good. No better way to wrap the uh, the work day than sit here, talk a little Chiefs. And, uh, and then, hell, I'm off the next two days for the Chiefs play, so I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, the next 100 hours or so. That's right. That's right. You get to start getting a little bit. A little bit of a fall is in the air in Chicago yeah. today. Yeah. yeah, I get the windows open uh, in other parts of the house and uh, enjoying enjoying it. I uh, got my Count Chocula sitting on the on the counter there, ready ready to go for October. I already housed a box. Have you gotten any yet? I, I have also gone through a box, um, <laughs> and I'm going to Target later tonight, so I'll be picking up another box. Actually, speaking of all this, I didn't mention this. I am picking up my parents tomorrow from the airport. And I am, I've got a few hours to call in Chicago. So at some point, uh, I don't know what you're, what you're doing, but uh, if you got some time, if nothing else, we go to that we go to that first slice place and, and just aggressively attack a, a chocolate peanut butter pie. That's um, not a bad idea. I'm actually, I got a doctor's appointment. I'm going to be uptown tomorrow. I'm actually having dinner with our guy, Mark Carmen oh, at, okay. uh, at around six. So uh, yeah, give me a shout. Maybe we can uh, link up, have a beer or something. Um, okay. All right. As we make plans uh, on the podcast, if any of you out there want to have a beer with me and Verderam in Chicago uh, tomorrow, let us know. Um, Shout out to everybody in the comments. We're letting everybody get in here, get ready for some Kansas City Chiefs talk. But first, I got to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Kansas City Beer Company at Casey Beer Co. on Twitter. You know them. You love them. Uh, They make the finest German-inspired beer in Kansas City. They brew their beer according to the German purity laws of 1516. This is serious business. Uh, It's an award-winning brewery. It has a terrific lineup of brews. This is like prime dunkel season, by the way. We're going to Oktoberfest. It's true. Uh, If you like a good dunkel, theirs, I think, is hands down the best I've ever had. So check out our friends at Casey Beer Co. on Twitter. It would really help us out if you would just drop them a line on Twitter and be like, hey, I heard about your beer on the Arrowhead Attic podcast. And better yet, 
If you're drinking one during the game or really any time, take a picture of it, send it to them. Uh, they might give us more money if you do that. And if they give us more money, we'll keep doing this podcast and talking uh, cheap right. for you guys. So, all right. Uh, now that that is out of the way, let's uh, let's get into it. So Chiefs at... God, I have my, my outline's a mess here, Verderam. I wrote Chargers. Probably a good thing I don't even look at your outline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you certainly don't. Uh, <laughs> Chiefs at Colts. Chiefs are minus five and a half favorites yep. in this game. I believe uh, over-under is 50.5 for those who care about that. I think the line has moved, hasn't it? Was it? Was it, I, I, I saw well, it as six and a half. Did it move because of the Willie Gay stuff? No, no. So what happened was it was initially three, and then the Colts did what they did in Jacksonville, and it went up to six and a half, and then it became seven in some books. Um, and now just a bunch of sharp money has just brought it down to five and a half. So I think there are people out there, and I, I get it, who believe the Colts just cannot be worse. And then at some point, like, they've got to play better. And it's a home game. It's their home opener. They, they probably get Pittman back. Might get Shaq Leonard back. How much of a, of a difference does it make? I don't know. But I think that's kind of the thought process. And the Chiefs are on the road. And it's a lot of points delay. But still, I believe, unless I'm – I'm pretty sure they're the biggest favorite on the road uh, of any team this week. Yeah, not a good start for the Colts this year. So – for those of you who don't know or who are not following Indianapolis, uh, they're 0-1-1. They, on their record, a 20-20 tie with the Texans, who are atrocious. Which it took a miracle, by the way, to get that tie. They're down 20-3 yeah. in the fourth quarter. And uh, and a 24 to nothing shellacking. They made the Jaguars look like the Joe Montana 49ers out there in that game. Just absolutely terrible performance from the Colts. Listless. They didn't even give the ball to Jonathan Taylor, somebody who has Jonathan Taylor on his fantasy team. I mean, this is your only chance to score points is to give the ball to your best player, and they didn't even do that. I don't know what's going on over there. On the season, as you know, Matt Ryan, They this is what the, the Colts are. In a lot of ways, the, the Colts remind me a lot of the 90s Chiefs. They're just like, we're, we're never going to draft a quarterback again. Just uh, yeah, give us whatever cast off we can get from another team. Um, Ryan's 48 of 80 on the season. For 547 yards, one touchdown, four picks. He's been sacked seven times. The Colts are minus four in the turnover ratio uh, this season in these two games. Listen to this one. This was an interesting stat I found, Verderham. Seven fumbles in two games by the Colts. It's, I mean, look, they've been awful. There's no way to sugarcoat it, okay? You'll get your schedule, and you've got the Texans and the Jaguars on your schedule and to start the season. I know the road games. If you're the Colts, you've got to be thinking to yourselves, look, we should be 2-0. Like, we should be off to a good start. And not only are they not 2-0, they're 0-1-1. They've gotten hammered. I mean, outside of the fourth quarter in Houston when they when they outscored them 17 to nothing, they've been outscored by those two teams 44-3. Like, it's not like this has been some flukish thing where, oh, we had one really like, – like Baltimore did against Miami last week, right, where they just got absolutely crushed for a quarter. The fluke has been the that, that, that the Colts played well for a quarter. Like, that has been the fluke through eight quarters. Now, I believe the Colts have a lot more talent than we've seen so far. I don't think they're great, but I think they're they're a lot better than this. Jonathan Taylor's a great player. Matt Ryan is not who he once was, but he's still a quality quarterback. Like, the problem the Colts have to me in this game, and we're going to get into all this, is they've got to play a certain way to win. If, yeah. if They cannot get into a game here where Kansas City scores 30 points. They will not win that game. So they have to play very much a very singular style. And I think when you're the better team and you're a run-first team and you're kind of staying ahead of the sticks, that's fine. When you're a team that is not as talented as your team, the other team, specifically a team like Kansas City, Buffalo, the Packers, who have a great quarterback, 
you are forced to play a very, very strict style of football. And if you can't do it to a T, you have a big problem. As a golfer, for years, I've been hearing PXG say, nobody makes golf clubs like they do, period. You know what? They're right. I went in for a fitting and saw for myself, went in to swing the PXG Black Ops driver. And let me be honest, I was skeptical. Again, I I loved my old driver. I had uh, another very popular big-name brand. I love my driver. But they brought me in to to put it to the test. The PXG driver, it won. It was, I don't know, 7 to 10 yards longer. The dispersion was better. And the fitting experience was legitimately phenomenal. You know, I went in being a skeptic, and I came out being a true believer it feels like a premium club in your hand, and not just that. The The ability of, of the actual fitting process blew me away. We went from extra stiff to regular stiff shaft. We tried out different weights on the shaft. We tried different shafts in general. Um, we, we were messing with the weights in the driver, going from a 10.5-degree driver down to a 9. As someone who has a high launch angle, who gets a lot of loft and height on their ball, I needed something that was a little lower, so we moved the weights to the front of the club. It, it was such a wonderful experience. I mean, they analyze every little bit of information to get the perfect fitting just for you. Um, again, I was blown away by the PXG Black Ops driver. PXG made me a believer. They'll do the same for every golfer in Kansas City. Visit pxg.com slash arrowhead to schedule your fitting at PXG Kansas City. Uh, That is 7517 West 119th Street in Overland Park. Get fitted for any club and you'll get a dozen golf balls free. That's pxg.com slash arrowhead to schedule your fitting. pxg.com slash arrowhead. Limit one dozen golf balls per person. Promotion ends June 30th. Other terms and conditions may apply. See store for details. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yeah, they are... In a bad spot this year, some talented players. Let's talk about their offensive threats. And obviously it starts and no disrespect to anybody else, but pretty much ends at Jonathan Taylor. 
they don't have a lot of guys. Michael Pittman's a good young player. I don't want to take anything away from him, but what is your take on Jonathan Taylor? The worry coming into this game, of course, is you lose Willie Gay Jr. You'd really like to have him out there running around with a guy as dynamic as Taylor, but you still have Nick Bolton and his instincts. After last week with the the Colts not scoring any points and not giving the ball to Jonathan Taylor um, enough, you got to figure this is a game where they're going to come in and try to feed him, right, and get back on track. No the Chiefs could be seeing 30 carries of this guy. How do they stop him? Well, I, I think what you do, and by the way, Taylor last year had 1,811 yards and, four, and 18 touchdowns on the ground. Okay, he averaged five and a half yards of carry. But to your point, okay, this is for, well, obviously for last year. Their receiving totals, Michael Pittman had 1,082 yards. The next highest guy was Zach Paschal, who's now in Philadelphia. He had 384 yards receiving. Like he was second. Taylor was actually third with 360, and then T.Y. Hilton at 331. And Hilton and Paschal aren't even there anymore. So, and they didn't replace. It's not like they replaced him with a bunch of really good players. Like they replaced him with Alec Pierce, who's a rookie, and Paris Campbell, who's done nothing uh, to this point in his career. But as good as Pittman is, like if you look at him, like you say to yourself, "Wow, he had a lot of yards. How many games did he have last year with 100 yards?" Well, forget 100. Here's the amount of games last year that he had with 90 yards or more. Two of them. Once against the Niners, once against the Rams, and they went one and one in those games. So as good as Pittman is, he's more consistent than he is dominant. He'll give you about 60 to 70 yards a game. Now, this first week, he actually did have 120 against the Texans. But to the point on Taylor, look, I think the reason I brought all that up is I think this game is very simple in terms of how to defend this. You put seven, eight guys in the box and just say, beat us, throw the ball anywhere, throw it anywhere. Throw it to Pittman. Like, even if Pittman goes for 90 yards in this game, who cares? Nobody, as long as nobody else is killing you, who cares? They have no tight ends who bother you. They don't have any other receiver who scares you. Ryan does not have a big arm at this point in his career. Unlike Murray and Herbert, he's not mobile. So you know where he's going to be at all times. Their line is not played well. Like, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm coming out in a lot of base and a lot of big nickel, and I'm walking Justin Reed down into the box, and I'm basically saying, go ahead, go ahead. Run the ball into a seven- and eight-man front and beat us. And if you're the Chiefs, that has to be the game plan because if they don't beat you with Jonathan Taylor, unless you just completely beat yourselves in this game, you're not going to lose. They just don't have the weaponry to beat you with anything else. So I think you have to just walk up to the line, play a big front, put Reed in the box, and say, go ahead. You want to run, we're going to beat you with the numbers every time. And the big key then is to tackle, which at times has been an issue for the Chiefs the first two weeks. Yeah, I think they'll have to watch out a little bit for Naheem Hines, Hines as well. He actually leads the team in receptions with 10 coming out of the backfield. They like to use him on on third down a lot. He's not anybody you're scared of, but he's a guy who can help them move the chains. And obviously, Ryan Matt Ryan likes to go to the running back. They'll throw it to Taylor a little bit as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, who else are you worried about? Ashton Doolin, he's got. They're, they're not good. Yeah, it's you know, they're not, it, they're not uh, Mo Ali Cox, the tight end, who I've always thought would be a good fantasy player, and I it never actually does anything. Um, yeah, it's, it, uh, it's again, it's a team there. Like, look, sometimes it's easy to overthink this stuff. Let's just be realistic. They have one weapon offensively that scares you. I I respect Michael Pittman. He doesn't scare me. He's a he's a good player. He's a really good, solid player. Okay, he's kind of like Juju, right? Like, he's he's a good – but, like, you're not – like, no defensive coordinator staying awake at night wondering how they're going to stop Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, he's a good player. That's what he is. They, But the difference is in Kansas City is Juju's surrounded by a bunch of guys who can make plays. Like, Indianapolis is nobody else who catches the ball for any kind of threat. You just look at them 
and you think, yeah, it's, it's pretty much a wrap if Taylor can't run the ball. The other problem is for them, there's this perception because it used to be reality that they have a great offensive line. They do not have a great offensive line anymore. Okay, they're very good at left guard and center. Right tackle, Braden Smith is a good is a good player. They are atrocious at left tackle, and right guard is no better than mediocre. So look again, you put a million guys in the box, you you man up on their receivers, and you just say, listen, Thornhill can play single high safety. Ryan's not going to be zipping the ball in there. He doesn't have that arm strength. He is not anywhere near the arm Murray and Herbert have. So to me, this is a fairly simple game plan. The other part of this is if the Chiefs can get up on them by a couple of scores, this becomes an avalanche for Indianapolis. They are not built. Indianapolis has to play a very certain way of football. Like They have to be up in the game, tied within a score. If the Chiefs get them to where it's just, hey, Ryan's got to drop back and throw the ball 40 times, it's over. The game's over. Um, But Taylor's the key to that whole thing. And the Colts, as you mentioned, man, you're right. They did not run the ball a lot against Jacksonville. That is going to be a point of emphasis in this game. The Chiefs have to stop the run. If they stop the run, they will win unless they turn the ball over a million times. If you look at their game against Houston, which, I mean, you almost want to th- just burn the tape from their game against Jacksonville. They were so bad that I don't know how much you could do. Did you watch that, that game? I, I had it. I had it on my game mix and it was just like it was was i I went back and rewatched like the whole game that game jacksonville could have beat them by 38 points if they wanted to jacksonville basically stopped playing in the fourth quarter and the colts still couldn't do anything it was was bad it was bad tape here's something sort of fascinating if you look at their game against houston where they tied for the season opener yep they, they they racked up a lot of yards 517 total yards in that game they had 90 total plays in that game. 90. It's insane. That is, the record most, you have, usually have like 65 plays. Right, 70. 65. 90 to, 90 to the Texans, 68. They had 517 yards. Texans had 299. Uh, they had one fewer drive than, than the Texans had. Just absolutely crazy. And they still tied with them. Yep. They ran for 177 yards. Ryan actually was pretty good in this game. 32, 32 of 50 for 352 yards, seven-yard average. He threw a touchdown on a pick, was sacked twice. Um, but that was a game where Jonathan Taylor ran the ball 31 times for 161 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and then he got four catches for 14 yards. So, and even in that game, with that insane amount of the insane amount of plays. All of the production from Jonathan right. Taylor, they only scored 20 points and they tied a team like the Houston Texans, which is just mind-blowing. And then last week, 48 total plays yeah. from Houston. Brutal. Um, just completely nuts. So, um, yeah, I, I think offensively, somebody said in the chat, play them like uh, the, the Bills played Tennessee the other night. It's not uh, unreasonable. The- yeah. I mean, it makes yeah. sense. Get everything you need to keep your pets happy and healthy at Menards. Feed your canine companion the best with chicken soup for the soul. Their dog food is made with real quality ingredients. It provides well-balanced nutrition for supporting happy, healthy pets. Explore all our pet products in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. Save big money at Menards. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, there, there are a couple stats that I, I was looking at earlier today when I did the show with Ben Heisler, and I won't, I won't totally repeat them because I did the show, but I think one of the most indicative stats in football is your yards per play. Like that is, a, by the way, it's used a ton in betting, but, and I, I'm not even a better, but I think it's a very good stat. Baltimore offensively is the, is the best in football right now, seven yards per play. Then there's four teams that are tied for second. Buffalo, Kansas City, Miami, and Philly, all at 6.7. Okay. The Colts check in, tied for 18th at 5.3, they're tied with Atlanta. All right. But then you go over and you look at, okay, well, how many points per drive are you scoring? Right. I mean, that is that is the name of the whole game. Like, how many points are you getting across? Well, Buffalo and Kansas City are tied for the league lead. 3.10, right? So 3.1. So you are, you're if you're the Chiefs and the Bills, like a field goal for you is somehow actually below your average, which is insane. Uh, the average for the record right now is like 1.78. So the Chiefs and the Bills are like almost double that. The Colts are dead last in football, 0.83 points per drive. Now, of course, you have a shutout in there. It's going to happen, right? But even if you look at, okay, oh, they're not scoring, but are they moving the ball well? They're 18th in yards per drive. I mean, they're 30.3. Kansas City's fifth at 38.4. They're behind Philly, Miami, Denver, Buffalo. And then and now you also have to, of course, factor in some of these teams have played nobody. But that's also the point, right? Like Indianapolis has played nobody for two weeks. It's right. not like they've done this against two like really good teams. You're like, okay, well, this is by far the best team that they've played. It's not even close. Right, I mean, third down percentage, Indianapolis, they're 24th, right? They're tied for 23rd and on third down, they're 32% conversion rate. In the red zone, they are 29th in the league. They're 28.6%. By the way, Denver, hilarious, 0%. So, and the Chiefs are sixth, for anyone curious, at 77.8. My, my point is this. There's nothing they're doing well offensively. Nothing. They're not blocking well. We already talked about the sacks have given up. They're not getting explosive plays. I mean, the only thing is when Taylor gets the ball, he still rushes for about five yards of carry. That's it. They're not scoring. They're turning the ball over. Now, it's two games into the year. A lot of this can change, but it better change for them because if it doesn't, it's going to be a long afternoon. I mean, they're going to have to play their best game to have a shot to win. And if they don't play their best game against Kansas City and they play an average game, the Chiefs play well, the Chiefs will kill them. Yeah, and we now we got to get to the defense. And before we do, and we've got some sound to play for you, listen, if you like this podcast, if you're listening to it for the first time, uh, what we're trying to do here at Arrowhead Addict with the Arrowhead Addict podcast isn't just give you a Chiefs podcast, but we're trying to build a Chiefs community. And so if you want to join that community and support this pod- podcast, consider becoming a member. There's links in the description. There's a couple different tiers now if you want to get involved in supporting the show, helping us keep this thing going and hanging out with us in our private Discord channel. That's what we, where we sit during the games, uh, shooting the shit, talking it out. It's a great time. There's a lot of great channels in there. So there's a lot of options. So check it out if you want to support the show and be part of something. I think that's, that's starting to get into the into the special territory. We love our members. We have free happy hours, uh, free happy hours, like we're providing the beer, uh, virtual happy hours, those types of things. Uh, we got Fantasy Football League. We're looking at doing some events. So if you're interested in that, especially if you're outside of Kansas City, like Birdram and I are, and you want to link up with other Chiefs fans, uh, this is a really great way to do that. So we appreciate everyone's support and shout out to all of our members. 
uh, that are out there right now and our new members. You guys are absolutely awesome. It's been cool getting to know you over in the Discord. All right, let's let's talk about the threats that the Colts have on defense. And, and before we do that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play some sound. Let me just set this up for you. This was was Gus Bradley today, the Colts defensive coordinator, who you might remember, remember was the defensive coordinator for the Las Vegas Raiders last year. And he was asked about the success his single high safety defense has had against Patrick Mahomes in the past. Now, I don't know if you remember the scores of the Raiders Chiefs games last year, but uh, just think about that while I play this sound for you guys comfortable in it but you know Patrick Mahomes has a long history of a lot of success against single high safety and, and those kind of looks so is this a week where you can try and switch things up a little bit or is it that important just to, to kind of stick to what you do and build it uh, long haul well I, I disagree with that part of it the, the early statement I think earlier you know we played a lot of single high against them it did some really good things uh, you know points rise held them down you know the last year you know, I think we had a game where we had a lot of turnovers and then it kind of got the score caught up on us. So we're just going to have to do a good job. You know, obviously a quarterback like this, mixing up the looks, doing different things, but playing fast. They do a great job of getting the receivers the ball. They're back the guys comfortable in it. But... <laughs> so we're around. Gus Bradley, somebody saw, before we even got to the section of the podcast, somebody said, I saw Gus Bradley's comments and I think he needs a mental health evaluation. <laughs> what I, is he talking about? I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm floored by the entire thing. I've tweeted about this a lot this week. Not that, not that commentary, but just like the matchup. I have no idea. I don't know how Gus Bradley could walk away from being the rarest defense coordinator last year and feel that they held them down and a little bad turnover luck was the reason that the Chiefs went off in the game. Uh, they gave up 41 points in the game. The turnovers weren't a factor in. And then in the game, the turnovers, granted, yes, were a factor in to some extent, gave up 48 points. Okay, like I don't know. He gave up st- seven touchdown passes to Mahomes. Like I don't, I don't know what we're talking about here. Like I, the Chiefs should be praying to God that this is a serious piece of commentary by Gus Bradley. Like if he, like, <laughs> if he comes out and they play that kind of defense against the Chiefs, and he just sits in his single high cover three, they will get smoked. By the way, so I was, I was, just, I was looking down because I was trying to find this tweet. I know I tweeted out earlier this week. I tweeted out on uh, let's see on the 18th, so whatever the hell that was. What was that Monday, sun- Sunday, Sunday after the after the Colts game? Should be noted that Gus Bradley, who lives for single high coverage, is the Colts' defensive coordinator. Last year, Bradley was in the same post with the Raiders. The Chiefs scored 41 and 48 points. Mahomes threw for 664 yards on 8.97 yards per attempt, with seven touchdowns and zero ints. Okay. But apparently, Bradley feels real good about it and feels <laughs> as though, you know what, might be able to hold him in check. If you're the Chiefs, you're lighting every candle in church right now that they <laughs> sit there and play this cover three defense, which, by the way, for anyone who's unfamiliar with it, all that is is you're going to get the free safety who's going to play the middle third of the field deep. Okay, The two boundary corners are going to go backwards, and they're responsible for their deep thirds. And underneath, typically, there's always variations, but typically, you're going to have four defenders underneath who play zones you probably you can have you know you're gonna have the strong safety drop down and maybe three linebackers maybe you have a nickel corner who stays underneath in his own coverage like in a a hook curl but that's insane like if they sit in that against kansas city and they just want first of all they do not have the talent to play that kind of defense gus bradley plays that defense because when he was in seattle he had the legion of boom 
which I don't know if everyone's familiar with the Legion of Boom, they were a little more talented than this Colts defense. Okay, so you could do that because Richard Sherman's one of the greatest cover three corners ever. Earl Thomas is a Hall of Fame level free safety and Cam Chancellor's a Hall of Fame level strong safety who could drop down. I mean, that's a circus. Like, I, I can't, if Mahomes drops back on the first play of the game and they drop into a static cover three look, he's going to have to, he's going to have to contain himself before he throws the ball. Right. Like, they will, I, look, you guys know, like I, I picked the Chargers cover last week. Actually, I picked the score exactly right for the record, but I try to always be honest. If they play that way, the Chiefs will light them up like a Christmas tree. There is no world where they play that defense and get away with it. And as Lucas points out, the injury reports just came out. I was looking at the Chiefs one. There's no changes. So Dan Butker didn't practice for the Chiefs. Harden was limited with a heel injury. Uh, but according here to Lucas, who's breaking a little news, Yannick Ngakwe did not practice after being limited yesterday. If he doesn't practice, I couldn't even tell you who the hell's rushing off the edge. He would he pay and I don't know. So you've got, I mean, Buckner's a great player, but he's going against Tooney, Humphrey, and Smith. You feel good about that if you're the Chiefs. So you're talking about a situation where Mahomes might have all day against a defense. It basically might as well walk up to the line of scrimmage and just start screaming out, cover three, cover three. Yeah. yeah. Mahomes, Mahomes seeing that kind of coverage is like me walking into the open bar at the wedding. Uh, yeah. It's, just, it, it's, it's going to happen and it's relentless. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I got a couple of great nuggets here when we talk about the Chiefs offense. So. Uh, our guy, co-host of the Wednesday show, Adam Best. By the way, I don't know if you guys have been tuning into the new Wednesday show. It's really great. It's a little bit up. interesting, different than what we normally do. They got some really great segments and stuff. So make sure you check that out on Wednesdays with Adam Best. Arrowhead Attic co-founder and Sterling Holmes. Uh, Adam tweeted, and you can follow him, by the way, at, at Arrowhead underscore Adam. He said, among running backs with more than 10 carries, Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, has the third lowest stuff rate at 6.7%. Only Aaron Jones and James Conner have been stuffed less. Is it him? Is it the O-line? Regardless, the KC run game is smashing. That's really great stuff. And I think, you know, last week in the first half, people were getting a little bit frustrated with all of the running because the Chiefs were falling behind. It wasn't going great, but they have been running the ball well, and the Chiefs do seem a little bit more committed to it. Do you think we'll see them do that against this Colts defense or are they just going to let Mahomes just air it out? I would, I'll tell you right now in this game, if they're having a, if they're having success with it early, I would just tell Mahomes drop back and rip it, man. Like I, if they're going to play that defense, I would just let him throw the ball. I really yeah. would. But because also too, look, I'm looking at the, the Colts uh, practice report, the injury report. So as, as Lucas mentioned, then he's right. And Gawkway did not practice after being limited yesterday's back injury. Uh, Pittman, by the way, has been limited in both days with a quad. So I don't know whether he's going to play. He's not going to play. If he does play, how limited is he? And then Leonard, everybody I'm sure is going to look at this and go, well, he's practiced in full both days. He's practiced in full every day this year and he hasn't played yet because he's coming off back surgery. So you don't know if he's going to play. If he does play, is he limited? I would imagine he's on a snap count. He's coming off back surgery. I don't think they're going to throw him in there for 75 plays. Okay, so they've got their own issues. But look, my, my bottom line here is this. If I'm the Chiefs offensively, I'm just ripping it. If, if they prove they can do anything against it or they play a little bit differently, that's fine. Then, okay, be ready to run the ball, sure. If they can't, I, I would just throw it at him. I mean, I would why, – why, why stop? Because to me, the other part of this is, too, again, I brought this up earlier and on the earlier show, actually, the Colts have to play a certain way. They can't get down 14-3 to in this game. They can't get down 21-10. to Like, when you're playing the Chargers, it's a different story. Right, like Herbert can make up ten points in in five minutes. You could, I mean, he can score a touchdown, three and out, scoring a touchdown. You're you're like, wow, what happened? We're down four points. That is not happening with Colts. 
the Colts have to play a very, very structured way. They, you know what they have to play like, honestly? Like how the Chiefs used to have to when they had Alex Smith. Yeah, I was thinking that earlier. Very yeah. much like a control. You knew as a Chiefs fan, they got down by 10, 14 points. They were in a world of hurt. Okay. And the Chiefs defense for most of Smith's career was actually pretty good. Like they were better than this defense. You knew if it became a game when the Chiefs were playing another big time quarterback, you knew if they got down by a couple of scores, it was probably going to be a long day. And I think with the Colts, they know that. I, I'll tell you right now, I said this earlier too. If I'm the Chiefs and they won't, they'll never do this because there's this creatures of habit with this, which fair enough, it works for them most of the time. If they won the toss in this game, I take the ball. I take the ball and try to go right down the field and go up seven nothing on them. Get the crowd out of the game and put Indy in a spot where right away, if you don't score and you got to punt the ball, you could already be down two possessions and you've only had it once. Yeah. I think I, I, I like, I always like to take the ball strategy. You're the big bad wolf, right? You've got Patrick Mahomes. Go out there, be confident in what you do. Your defense is always going to be secondary. Here's another one from Herbie Teope. Um, Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bannemi on wide receiver Sky Moore, who totaled two snaps in week two. Moving forward, I guarantee you'll see more than two snaps. EB compliments Moore's talent, paints uh, points on uh, desire to get him involved. So look, great offensive output for the Chiefs. We only have limited information on this new offense, right? Yeah, they looked fantastic, games. comfortable, dominant against Arizona. Then they go up against a very good defense and a very big game just a, on a short week against the Chargers. You don't see very much from Juju Smith-Schuster. You don't see very much from MVS. Do you think that... The Chiefs, who they drafted Sky Moore, right? There was definitely a strategy here of let's get a lot of horses in the stable and see which ones are studs. And is 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 that con- that's a really bold comment for him to make? Do you think we're going to see a lot of Sky Moore? Do you think that they're a little frustrated, maybe with MVS and Juju, and they're just kind of like, all right, man, like we're putting this dude in? No, I, I don't think that. I just think they're probably looking at rotating him in more. You know, I think sometimes game plans, especially when you're not like a featured player like Kelsey is, where you know he's going to be on the field for 90% of your snaps. Right. Sometimes game plans just dictate how much you're on the field for. Maybe in that Chargers game, they said, hey, look, you know what? Chargers have smaller corners. We're going to put bigger guys on the field. We're going to try to outsize them a little bit. And it didn't work. So, you know, now maybe they look at this game and go, you know what? We're going to try to get the ball out, spread it around a little bit. Uh, you know, get him the ball more often. I- I've said all offseason, and I feel this way still. I just think there, you know, he's a rookie. Like it's going to take Tyreek Hill as a rookie was like very much sprinkled in the first half of the season, and then it was like, all right, and he's Tyreek Hill. Like I like Sky Moore. I don't think he's ever going to be Tyreek Hill. Okay, so you got to factor that in. There are going to be times where all the rookies this year are going to play a limited amount of snaps. And then it's what I got. He barely saw the field against the Cardinals. Played a little more against the Chargers. Played well. Now you're going to see him a lot more because it's going to be him and it's going to be Harris filling in for Gay, okay, and Elijah Lee to some extent. But I, I bet you what, you're going to see a lot of Leo Chanel in this game because yeah. it is downhill thumping time. Like yeah. that's what he's here for. He's not there to play the run he, or to play the pass. He's there to play the run. But yeah, I think, I think we'll see. I think we'll see Sky more fine. By the way, somebody made a comment in the chat uh, earlier about the D-line coach knowing what he's doing and playing better, and you're excited about the group. Um, well, here, here's a stat for you. Through two games, the Chiefs lead the league in pressures, 38 pressures to this point. Okay, The Colts have 13, and for even more impressive in some ways. Okay, The next team behind Kansas City is Arizona with 30. Arizona's blitz 50% of the time. The Chiefs have blitzed twenty-four and a half percent of the time, so they're doing this without having to blitz a lot. They have five sacks, which ranks them. Uh, let's see, five, seven, twelfth uh, in the league. Okay, so that's nice. Their quarterback knockdown rate 
is fifth. So you're happy about that. Their hurry rate is third, right? And all these are teams ahead of them, except for the Bears, but it's 1.6% of the time. The Chiefs are getting pressure. They're getting home. They've, you know, the, the sack totals are average, but not bad. But the pressures are great. The pressure percentage are number one in the league, which isn't surprising considering how many they have. Like, if you continue to do that, you're going to get a lot of sacks. And you got to factor in who they've played the first two weeks, right? right? Murray is incredibly elusive. Herbert not only is elusive, okay, in a different way than Murray is, but he's great in the pocket. They throw the ball very quickly. Now you're getting a team that does not have a good offensive line, okay, and you're getting a quarterback who's a statue, which is also true, by the way, of weeks three through five. Like, you're getting three guys who don't move. I expect the Chiefs to ratchet up the sacks, or you're just going to see the ball firing out quickly. And that is something where if I'm the Chiefs, I'm ready for that, and and you should be helped out by the fact that a lot of guys in the box. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing while you were saying that. Murray, obviously, incredibly elusive. And Herbert, too. Herbert can scoot. What happened, though, when he got hurt? Like, when they started hitting him in the second half and he got hurt and he wasn't moving around, I mean, they were just, they were all over him in yep. the second half of that Chargers game. And that's one of the reasons why the Chiefs won. Matt Ryan, at this point in his career, is a statue. That He's dude is not going anywhere. He's been sacked seven times in two games. I think this is a game where if they're not able, if the Chiefs are able to stop Jonathan Taylor or contain him on first or second and first and second down. God, God help Matt Ryan. If if they're getting that much pressure against those guys and yeah, people maybe are disappointed in the sack numbers right now. But again, as you pointed out, went up against some elusive guys, pressures, pressures matter a lot. Boy, that could be a long day for Matt Ryan. Yeah. I, I see, you know, white hair in the chat, pressure overrated elite quarterbacks eat pressure alive. No, they need to blitz alive. If you can get pressure that, I mean, that absolutely look at Mahomes in the chargers game. The first half of the game, they were all out of sorts. The second half of that game, started picking up pressure, started picking up protection a little bit. Hits a big deep ball down the field to Watson. He wasn't great in that game, make no mistake. I'm not saying all of a sudden he was brilliant, but you look at all the – you know what? I'll give you the best example I have. The best team I've ever watched play football in my lifetime, that undefeated Patriots team. I, I know they lost the Super Bowl. That team was – I mean, that team was unstoppable, okay? They lost that Super Bowl for one reason – because the Giants relentlessly got home with four guys. They didn't sack him a ton. They didn't sack him seven, eight times in that game, but he couldn't get comfortable. He was constantly moving off his spot. Now, I agree with you that pressure against a mobile quarterback, sometimes you got to have the right kind of pressure. You've got you've got to force him into the pocket. You've got to kind of get some pressure where he can't escape. Against a guy like Matt Ryan, pressure is a death sentence. Pressure is a death sentence because you've got nowhere to go. And I'll tell you who I expect to have a big game this game is Chris Jones. I'd put him right over there, right guard, and just let him go to town. Because if he gets pressure in this game, Matt Ryan's just going down. He's just yeah. going to literally tuck the ball and go down. Um, John F's is 85 Bears, Bear in the Pats. They they may well been. I've had the pleasure of speaking to many of those guys, but I was not alive yet. I'm just talking about p- teams I was alive for. That's, that's always how you beat a good quarterback or great quarterback. You get pressure with four. Look at the Super Bowl with Mahomes that one year. That, yeah. That's it, man. Got to get home. And they've gotten home to this point. I think maybe what Whitehair is getting at, but pressure overrated elite quarterback. Maybe he was thinking more like blitz, blitzing. Good quarterbacks can eat blitzes alive, and they can't. Yeah, totally. I, I agree Absolutely. with that. Yes. If you can't get pressure with – I mean, a well-timed blitz can be effective, of course, but if that's the only trick you have in your arsenal, a guy like Mahomes is is going to eat you alive. But if you're getting if you're getting pressure with four, that's where you you accelerate the clock in the quarterback's head. And then when you do blitz, they just they're like, oh, shit, you know, it becomes more overwhelming. It messes up timing. So somebody had uh, where's our guy tone? He had a hilarious. I think it was to, uh, 
somebody said, oh, it's Jeremy. <laughs> Matt Ryan makes Roethlisberger from last year look like Usain Bolt. Yeah, Matt Ryan is running in quicksand. I mean, he's not he's not going anywhere. You guys are hilarious. Yeah, uh, Clifton, uh, Clifton Johnson says, uh, Chiefs have jumped from 22nd in third down defense in, 20, in 21 uh, to uh, six thus far this season. Yeah, look, we're still early, but uh, Keith says Colts are going down faster than a stone. I'm with you, man. Yeah, this is going to be... A, a, this this has the potential to be. If the Chiefs don't allow Jonathan Taylor to start running wild on them, keeping Mahomes off the field, that sort of nightmare scenario, if they can be stout on first and second down against a really good back, they have a really clear advantage in this game. Uh, let's just talk really quickly, Verderum, about the opportunity that this game presents for the Chiefs in the AFC West. Uh, we talked about it, you and I, a little bit right before we went live on the podcast. The rest of the division does not look great. The Chiefs have the tiebreaker over, uh, uh, with the exception of the Chargers. You got a banged up uh, quarterback in, in Los Angeles. Chiefs got a tiebreaker over the Chargers. What do you think is the opportunity for Kansas City to, to win this week? versus the other teams in the West? Well, I think it's significant. Like the Chiefs, could they lose this game? Sure. The Colts could go in and play really disciplined, hard-nosed football, and they could play the best game they've played all year, which they probably will based off the first two games. Uh, it's not a huge bar to clear. And the Colts could just say, look, we have to win this game. I mean, the one thing when you're a good team, you bring out the best a lot of times in every team because they know if they don't play well, they're going to get smacked. They know it. Like, I, I forget who it was. One of the Colts players even had a quote out of the locker room yesterday, like, we better play well or we're giving up 50. Like, they know... They've got to put now that all being said, if the Chiefs play a BB plus game or better, they're winning. They're just better. I mean, they're gonna win the game. But my so the, the point is look, if the Chiefs go into Indianapolis, don't have any horrible injuries, handle business. You then start looking around the rest of the West. Well, you got the Raiders and the Titans in a in a last chance saloon game. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're both 0 2. It's in Tennessee. Renfro's got a concussion. Don't know if he's gonna be able to play. Hasn't practiced this week yet. Denzel Perriman hasn't practiced this week yet. Like the Raiders lose that game. You can send them out out of port and just send them out to the ocean. They're done. Like, I, I'll go on. I don't care. I have no fear about that on the record. They're done. They're on three. They are cooked. Denver is one and one and has looked as bad as any decent team in football could possibly look against two horrible teams. So you'll get that and wonder, okay, one and one. They get the Niners coming into the building now, Jimmy Garoppolo. And now it looks like George Kittle is going to play for the first time this year. I think the Niners are going to win that game. I really do. I think the Niners are going to handle Denver pretty significantly. And then, you know, I won't say I won't say that it's my upset pick of the week because I didn't pick it. But I, I honestly, I'm so close to picking this. I would not be surprised if Jacksonville beats the Chargers this week. And the reason being, twofold. Herbert is hurt. I have no idea what he's going to look like for four quarters. Like, what happens if five minutes into the game, he gets drilled in the ribs? Then what? Right. I have no idea. Does he finish the game? If he does finish the game, is he a shell of himself? I have no clue. Number two, these are the... Just the stereotypical games over the last handful of years with the Chargers that they lose. Games that, like, they're playing a team that has, like, a decent amount of talent, but, like, a team they should clearly beat, and they kind of sleepwalk through it, and they muff a punt, and they miss a field goal, and they push an extra point, and Herbert throws a pick, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, Jacksonville's up eight with five minutes left. I can't, I can't in good conscience say, think the Chargers are going to lose. I would not be at all surprised, at all surprised, if the Chargers blow that game. Yeah, it's one of those games. I mean, they've just been that team. And until until they prove that they're not that team anymore, that's 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 sort of just in their DNA. Um, we're just gonna have to see what happens. I mean, man, I'll be laughing my ass off if the if the Jaguars go into 
Los Angeles and beat them. Look, the Chargers haven't they haven't blown anybody out this year. Vegas gave them a good game. We'll see. There are some opportunities there. It's very early in the season. A lot of what we think we know now, we don't know. We, yeah, we don't know anything. As you as you always put it, wait till Thanksgiving. Um, let's let's see where things are at Thanksgiving. All, all the early part of the year is about if you're a really good team like the Chiefs are, is winning games and staying healthy. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I mean, yeah, sure. You'd love to look more like Buffalo than Denver right now, but like you just want to win games because yeah. I always look at it like a bank account. Like you win games, you just, you're making deposits. You're making deposits, right? And the more you have in the bank, like if you lose a game later in the year, you can withdraw a little bit and you're okay, right? right. Whereas like if you screwed around, the like last year, frankly, with them, where they had to go on a huge run to finish the season because they were three and four and they played like crap. Like you, this team I look at the schedule, like we all talked about it before the season started, right? Like this is going to be such a hard schedule. Let's be honest. Okay, they're 2-0. They just beat their biggest division rival. They should beat Indianapolis. They should win the game. I, and I, you're, you're missing McDuffie, and I know he's out for a few more weeks at least, and Gay's now suspended. None of that should matter in this game. They should win this game, okay? Then you go play Tampa, which, I mean, I respect Tampa. They could certainly lose that game, but Tampa is missing a million guys. So who knows there? They clearly should beat the Raiders in week five. I mean, the Raiders, I don't care who's missing. The Chiefs should win that game as long as Mahomes is there. And then you get the Bills and the Niners. But if you look at their schedule after the bye, they got 10 games, five home, five road. They play Houston, Seattle, Denver twice. Early in the year, you're like, oh, maybe that's going to be difficult. That that looks like two games you ought to win. The Raiders in week 18, when the Raiders might be packing up, getting ready to play golf at this point, you've got the, the Titans and Jags at home. I mean, those are seventy-year games. Yeah. You get the Raiders. Excuse me, you get the Rams at home, and again, like I respect the Rams, but the Chiefs probably ought to win that game. And they're not playing well this year either. The so Bengals far. are zero two. You play them. Like Kansas City gets to the. My goal for the Chiefs is to buy is five and two. They get to the buy at five and two. I think they can win thirteen games. I don't want to say easily, but like very, very realistically. Yeah. Like you look at that schedule. I, there, there's nobody on outside of maybe at the Chargers where you're like, geez, that's going to be a really tough game. And again, you got to see the Bengals and the Rams, like see if they get on track. But those other teams, the Chiefs absolutely should beat them. Yeah. All right, let's do a little over-under here and have some fun with you all that are watching live. So we're going to do over-under on a few player things for this game. Vertoram and I will let you know what we think is going to happen. Um, but uh, let us know in the comments if you're watching live on YouTube. And by the way, if you're watching live on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. Let's get some more Chiefs fans in here. It helps spread the word that we're uh, streaming right now. All right. Over, under. Some of these I took directly from the sports books. Some of them I just made up on my own. Um, I'm not going to tell you which ones. Just let's go with these. Uh, Over, under on Mahomes passing yards. I think this one is from the book, as I immediately say. I do what I said I wasn't going to do. Over, under on Mahomes passing yards, 289.5. Let us know what you think. 289.5 in the chat. Ferdinand, what do you got? I actually went over this with Heisler this afternoon. This yeah. is my best bet of the week. Over. I think he, I, you know what? Here, I'll make it more fun. I think he hits you over by the end of the third quarter. Oh, okay. That would be that would be great. If Bradley sits in that cover three coverage. I'm I'm serious. He might have it by halftime. Yeah. Over. Over. Yeah. By the way, he wasn't good last week. How many times in in Mahomes' career has he not been good for multiple weeks straight? Like yeah. last year, he had that one stretch right where you were like, okay, he didn't play particularly well. I mean, how many times? I expect him to have a very, very good game against Indianapolis. Yeah, I'm with you. I've got the over there as well. I think he eclipses 300 yards pretty easily. Uh, 120 of those yards might go to Travis Kelsey, if we're being uh, completely honest. Uh, Let's see. uh, The chat seems to agree with us. 
Our guy Stacy Big over. Clifton says over. Uh, Darth Bane 802 over by 100 plus. Um, uh, William says over. Way over from White Hair. Uh, John F over. Clint, what's up, Clint? Pff, 350 plus for 15. I love it. Um, Jalen says over. Um, all right, let's let's get into the next one here. Ceh rushing yards 47.5. What do you think on that one, Verter? 47.5. That's an interesting number. Uh you know, it's hard with them because they rotate guys in, but he I'm I you guys all know I've been critical of him. He's been great the first two games. Great. My favorite play of the first two weeks is him just running Derwin James over at midfield. Which by the way, wait, what a what a joke of a franchise to Chargers are like all their fans oh, are putting yeah. out like these murals of like Derwin James tackling Travis Kelsey. You lost. It. You lost by 10 before garbage time. Yeah. Like just sell it. Like, Hey guys. Awesome. That's like the banner that Colts have hanging, which maybe we'll see this week. This is 2000. I think it's 14, 2014 AFC finalist. That's the saddest thing I've ever seen. Okay? That's really bad. Um, but I will go over. You know what? I, I'm not going to go for like 100 yards or anything. I mean, if I'm going huge on Mahomes, like, you know, unless she's got 550 yards of offense, I think over. He's, he deserves it over here. He's played really well. Hell, he had one run last week that would have put him over by itself. Yeah, I think I, I'm going to take the over, too. I think he could get to 50 yards. I don't think he'll have a massive day. I, I think they'll probably throw it a lot on these guys to try to get a nice lead. But, yeah, uh, let's see what the chat says. John says over. Stacy says over. Jalen over, Elijah under. Okay, Elijah. Um, Gunny D says over. Clifton says over, but no exclamation points. Clint says over for Clyde too. Yeah, man, on the banner thing. What is an acceptable banner for you? Can you hang an AFC championship banner? Yes, I think you can. Even if you lost the Super Bowl, that's okay. Yeah, I think you can. That's an accomplishment. I mean, you yeah. get all the way to the Super Bowl. Like, I don't have a problem with that. I think, look, I've always been a big believer in – now football is different because you know most teams don't have a dome, so you're not hanging. Event. But like you know, if you if you win a division, I'm okay with it. If you you know if you win now now football maybe not as much. There's only four teams in the division. It'd be like but a like, flag. You can do the flag like division yeah, like, camp flag. Now the Chiefs don't hang anything else. They win the Super Bowl. Yeah. They only have the two Super Bowl banners up. But I I think if you win the conference in the Super Bowl, like as as a kid, I always went the Devils games, New Jersey Devils games, and they always had like the division. And the conference, and then in the middle they had the three Stanley Cup banners. But it always used to crack me up. Like I remember, so when they went in 2012, they played the Kings in the final, and they lost to them. And my then girlfriend and I went to the opening night game the following year. We're like, oh, that's cool. See them like hang the banner, and they were, they were like, they shoved that thing in a corner and just put it up like before the season. And they're like, yeah, we won the conference. <laughs> like okay, yeah. whereas like maybe a lesser successful franchise would have had you know a whole thing for it, but. Yeah, I think if you win the conference, you win a Super Bowl, yeah, you do whatever you want. But to put up that you got to an AFC championship game, that's as sad as you catch. Right, yeah. That's, and back, that's sad. And back on the Chargers fans, first of all, the whiniest bunch of babies I've ever heard this week. Just, well, oh, the refs, it's rigged. They just want more. I just get out of here, man. Y'all lost, crying about the interception that didn't happen. Okay, I'm with you. But I got to say something in total fairness, Okay. So Willie Gay gets suspended this week. We can talk about it, and we don't have to talk about the whole show on it, whether or not four games is appropriate. Am I surprised it was four games? Yes. Did he do something that I believe he could be suspended for? Yeah. You put yourself in that position, things happen. That being said, can I tell you how many Chiefs fans emailed me this week to tell me that they think it's rigged? 
that the, the, the NFL wants the Bills to win the Super Bowl, and they waited to suspend Gay four games so he'd miss the Bills game. I, I innumerable amounts of people emailed me that innumerable. It's rigged. It's all fixed. They, they hate the Chiefs. Like what? What are we doing? I mean, like you really think the Chiefs, the, the NFL doesn't want Patrick Mahomes? And if, if anything, they'd be working to conspire to get the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Like you think they don't want him in the Super Bowl? <laughs> Just, it was great. It was crazy. I was cleaning up my inbox every morning. People just, oh, they just—they're trying to fix this for the bill. I'm like, if they were trying to fix it, don't you think they'd go have somebody a little bit bigger than Willie Gay? Like he's a great right. player, but my yeah. God, like, seriously. Yeah. So we—we we really look. Every fan base has its interesting commentary, but yes, the the Chargers stuff. Stop celebrating that you lost the game. It's 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 almost like it's sad. So well, I'll tell you what, Derwin James just tackled at the three yard line. You're like awesome. And he got trucked into the ground like eight plays before that. Yeah. And you lost. Yeah. Like, what are did we you, doing? Did you see uh, Travis Kelsey has a he has a podcast with his brother Jason yeah. who plays center for the Eagles? <laughs> I decided why I love Travis Kelsey, man. He's just laughing about that play. You know, yep. Chiefs fans, Chargers fans are arguing about it on Twitter. Chiefs fans are like, should have been a penalty. And 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 then you see Travis Kelsey talking about it, and he's like, Yeah, I was going up. And I was kind of chuckling to myself. I, I was telling my wife the story, and uh, I, 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 or I showed her the video actually. And he's like, "I was chuckling on the way up to myself." And, she, and my wife says, "He's a madman," because um, I had shown her the play. And he says, uh, "This is not going to end well for me. What goes up must come down." <laughs> and then he said, "Derwin James, uh, you know, reached out to him later in the game and was like, hey, man, you good?'" Um, so just hilarious. But yeah, hilarious that some Chargers fan painted a mural of that. I saw somebody on Twitter, a Chiefs fan, was 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 putting a bounty out saying anybody who lives near there, if you pay, spray paint the score under it, I'll give you 150 bucks. Um, speaking of, shout out to Daniel uh, for the super chat. Uh, the refs didn't throw a pick six. Indeed, my my friend. Indeed. All right, let's get back to over under. Um, Jonathan Taylor rushing yards, 83.5. Chiefs have been good against the run this year. Did a nice job against Austin Eckler. 83.5, Jonathan Taylor. What do you got, Verderam? I'm going to go over on this um, because I think the Colts are going to have to absolutely commit to running the football. And if they run the ball 20 times, he's probably going to go over 83 yards. If he doesn't, my God, it's going to be a killing. Yeah. I have to go over. I think, I, I think I've, you know, I, I can't in good conscience sit there. There's also my, my alma mater's calling me to try to get more money out of me. <laughs> I love that. Hey, would you like to write us another check? I would not. Thank you, and thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah. But no, you know what? I think it's – I got to go over here. If he doesn't go over that number, they, they are going to get absolutely buried, right? So you know, the only way to me he doesn't go over that number is if the Chiefs just get a big lead early and it just becomes something where you know, he only carries the ball 12 times or something like that. Right. Yeah, I got to go over. He's a great player. I, I, think he'll, I think he'll be right around 100 yards, you know, one yeah. way or the other. I agree with you, and the and the chat seems to agree as well. Um, William says under, Stacy says over, Keith under, Clifton under. A lot of you guys actually are pretty confident. Gunny says under, Elijah says over, Jalen says over. We're missing Willie Gay. Yeah, that's going to impact things. Leo Leo Chanel's going to he's going to get to go crack some skulls though. That could be interesting. Jerome says over for JT. Daniel says over. All right, let's do another one here. Juju Smith Schuster receiving yards. I set this one at fifty. What do you got? Over. Uh, over. I think Mahomes is going to go nuts. I think Juju's going to have a good game. 
I like the overrun. By the way, uh, Darth Bain brought up one really good point that I mentioned. I wanted to mention earlier. He said, Willie, he's talking about Willie Gay. Willie's strong point is pass coverage, and Darius Harris is a great run defender. I don't know if I'd call him a great run defender, but it is true. Like, I've seen a lot of people point it out, like, oh, well, without Willie Gay, they're not going to stop the run. No, no, no. If Nick Bolton wasn't there, they'd have yeah. a major problem. Like, Willie Gay, look, I, I think Willie Gay's an awesome player. I'm not, I'm not denigrating him. He's awesome. He's in, in the playoffs when they play big quarterbacks, he's going to be a huge, huge, huge part of what they need to do. He's not a great run defender. He's not a bad run defender, but like Bolton's a great run defender. Bolton is just constantly in the backfield. I don't think it's going to hurt him that much against the run. I think it'll hurt him against teams that throw the ball to tight ends and backs. It's the culturally, I mean, the backs a little, but nothing crazy. The, the tight ends, they don't throw it at all. Yeah. I think it hurts him more against like when they play the Raiders with Waller. Like they're going to have to come up with something there. Right. But as far as Juju goes, get back to the question, over. He was really good against the Cardinals. You know, he had, he had over 75 yards in that game. Last game, he went quiet. I think he has a good game. I think he has a good game. I I, I think he could be somewhere around 80 to 90 yards. They got to get him going. Um, chat seems to be pretty confident. Mighty Sphinx says over. Darth Bain says over for sure. Clifton over. William over. Gunny over. Uh, Tom Hood says Juju better go over that. Um, Daniel says 75 yards over. Shout out to our members, by the way. You guys are awesome. Um, uh, yeah, over for Juju says Jerome. Over says Jalen Butler. Rick says over. All right, next up here, Chris Jones sacks. I set this at 0.75. Okay, so the half sack he goes on. Yeah, yeah. I, I go over. I said earlier in the week, earlier in the show, I think he has some matchups here against the right guard I think he can really take advantage of. And and look, one thing about Ryan, he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. In fact, I'll flip this on you guys. So I'll take the over on this. I think he gets a sack. I'm just completely pulling this line out of thin air. The Chiefs for the day... Four and a half sacks. Would you go over or under? Ooh, I'm gonna go under on that, but I could see them getting to four. Okay. I I, I think I think Chris Jones is gonna have two in this game, and they I think three against the Cardinals, a two against the Chargers. Yeah, I I think I think Chris Jones gets two, and I think today, uh, I think this is the game where Carl Loftus gets his gets a sack. Okay. Yeah. What do you guys think out there? We're getting a lot of overs. Daniel says under, but I think we get production pr- pr- production elsewhere. Jerome says over, uh, going to go off. Chris gets two, says Rick. John F. says Chiefs four plus sacks on the day. Love it, man. Um, Daniel says Chiefs get four. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Nick Bolton tackles eight. Oh, God, over, over. Big time because, over. Because they're going to run the ball, and Nick Bolton is a tackling machine. Do you know what Nick Bolton's on pace for like 170 some odd tackles this year? Wow. Yeah. So he's going to yeah, get he's, like he's going to get over. Like if you put that line at 12, I might take the over. Like he's yeah. he's just first of all, they have two ends in Carl Loftus and Clark. To say we want about Clark, I'm like rightfully so. He's very good about setting the edge and forcing guys back inside. And if you have two edges that do that with Bolton, he's going to make the tackle. So um over. Over. I I think he might even honestly God, he might have 12, 15 tackles somewhere in that right. I mean he's if they run the ball a lot with Taylor, yeah, I, th- I think he's going to have a lot of tackles in this game. Yeah, Chad agrees with you. Lots of over. I'll take that as well. Stacy says over. Clifton, over. A lot of people saying 12. William over. Bolton gets 12. I, yeah, I think 12-14 could be possible in a game like this. Rick says way over. Check the DraftKings app. I, I might have gotten that from DraftKings. Maybe I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing, but that, I might need to go put a little wager on that one. They don't. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they don't know about Nick Bolton. At the sports books might be a way to, to make some money. All right. And then last one here, Mahomes rushing yards. I got it at 19. I will say under because I don't think he's going to get pressured a lot. And when you play his own defense, it's harder to run against that. Okay. So I'll go under. Uh, I, I, just, I think he's going to have a massive day throwing the ball. 
if Bradley is dumb enough to sit in that, I, I still can't get over that. If he's really just going to go, yeah, you know, cover three, we're good. Yeah. I will say one thing about this game. Sometimes with the Chiefs, the one thing they, that the coaching staff does drives me out of my mind. It's like, I feel like sometimes there's really obvious things that the Chiefs, like, you'll watch the game. You're like, how, like, we knew this all week long. How could you not be prepared for this? Like the first half of the Chargers game last week, when we, everybody and their mother was like, hey, stop Mike Williams. That's all you have to do. Double him. Do whatever. And the Chiefs just came out and played a stop, just a, a drop zone coverage and just let him go for like 100 yards in the half. Yeah. And then came out in the second half and like, man, you know who's going to really kill us? Mike Williams. Probably got to adjust to that. And then they had like one catch in the second half of the game. That is my one fear in this game. Is that they just completely unprepared for a cover three defense. They have no idea. They're pre- I, if they prepare for that, I think Mahomes goes crazy on the gas to run. A lot of people think Mahomes will get more than that. John F. says Mahomes 25 yards. Uh, Stacy says over. He'll have a hell of one run or something for like 25 yards. Yeah, that would be it, right? Somebody said... Uh, William says he'll run on a third and four and turn it into a 25 yard gain. Yeah. That's, awesome. yeah. that's what would make that. I wouldn't, that's not one I would put money on with a guy like Mahomes. Cause he, you're right. He could just sit back there all day and carve him up and, and protect himself. And then there could be one play where, you know, he just, they play man or something and he gets flushed out of the pocket and just runs for, for 25 yards. So um, not one I would want to take with a guy like Mahomes, but like, I don't, I don't want Mahomes running, man. Not unless he has to. Oh, I'm sitting back there, nice and protected. Get that ball out. I don't even like seeing him get hit. He's gotten hit too much for my Especially liking this year. in that stadium. The Chiefs history in that stadium. Like, keep guys upright, please, and thank you. Like, yeah. I, by the way, fun stat real quick. Um, this is amazing, considering Mahomes has started for four seasons and now, you know, like two games. So I was thinking about this. I don't know what made me think about this, but I wrote it down on my notes on my phone. Mahomes has only failed to beat – five teams in his career in the regular season. The Rams gets a shot at them this year. The Seahawks get a shot yeah. at him, them this year. I imagine if he's, as long as he's upright, he's winning that game. The Vikings, the Titans get a shot at them this year, and the Colts. Wow. That's it. Those are the only teams he hasn't beaten in the regular season. And, of course, the Colts he beat, and, and the Titans he beat, both of them in the he's playoffs. He never lost to the Vikings. He was out, right, for that game. He was, game. Hurt. He was yeah. hurt in that game. He lost a crazy amount of that game to the Rams. They lost a Sunday night or at home or on the road, excuse me, against Seattle. He has never, he lost that, probably the worst loss of his regular season career to Jacoby Brissett and the Colts. Tyreek was out. Sammy yeah. was out. And they lost that weird game. Those are the only five teams he hasn't beaten in the regular season. And again, two of them he's beaten in the playoffs. Yeah. And really, in that game against Seattle, he did get, he, Russell Wilson just played great. Like they just, they, it was just yeah, he scored 30, 31 points in the yeah. game. They just, they, and then the hell, the Rams game scored 51. Yeah, but those are the only teams, and he gets four of them this year. So if they win those games, the only team he wouldn't have beaten his entire career, and he's twenty six years, twenty seven years old, is is Minnesota. It's incredible. That's incredible. Insane. Yeah. Um, By the way, I was on Twitter, and I'm sure you've heard about all this stuff going on with Brett Favre stealing money from people on Uh, welfare. From Sage Rosenfels, this tweet. You know when you you know whenever you see the skull emoji, uh, that 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 one is for this. He just tweeted, since retirement, I have been lucky to avoid stealing millions of dollars from the poorest people in my state. Awesome. <laughs> Incredible. I got to tell you, man, money buys you a lot of things, including sometimes freedom. I'm going to let this whole thing play out because I'm the legal analyst. But I will say this. If if he's guilty of a lot of accusations in his way, that man's going to prison. Yeah. Like, big prison. Like, $5 million 
you, you, I mean, that is, uh, that's not nothing. So, and it's, it's not, it's never good when people start cutting deals in, in, in an investigation, which has now started to happen today. Um, so the longest yard might be getting a remake where, uh, Hey, you know what? Mississippi state looking pretty good. If, yeah. uh, if, if, uh, old Brett goes down for what he's alleged to have done, it, it, that is awful. If yeah. That's the case. Not good. Not good. Money can buy you a lot of things, but it can't buy you character. All right. Uh, let's do some quick AFC. We're going to get to our predictions for the game in just a minute. Final scores, but let's do some quick AFC contenders or pretenders. We haven't dusted this one off in a while and let's do the Miami Dolphins, Vertoram contenders or pretenders. I'd really like to answer this after they play the bills. I think they're pretenders. If they beat the Bills, count me in. And I know a lot of Dolphins fans say, how could you say that? I watched every snap of both their games. They were fine against New England. They were nothing special. They were hideous for three quarters against Baltimore. And then all of a sudden just went out of their minds for one quarter. It's one quarter. Like, I need to see them. I have a feeling Buffalo is going to put it on them something fierce in this game. I, I Honestly, as a Chiefs fan, I hope I'm wrong. I hope they beat the Bills. Yeah. But I think they're – look, I think offensively they're, they're explosive and they're improved. You know Tyreek Hill has more yards by himself than every Chiefs receiver combined? Wow. Yeah. Not obviously including Kelsey, but all the wide receivers. He has you, more, you he has think more part of that, though – I'm not trying to take anything away from, from Tua or, or, or the Dolphins, but do you think part of that early in the season is teams trying to see – like they just – they're like, all right, like they were obviously terrified of the Mahomes-Tyreek Hill connection right. by, the, by the time we get to last year, and rightfully so. Do you think part of that, and, and and also we've seen it this year with teams, there's a little bit of hubris, right? Like Mahomes is getting blitzed a lot when we know that that's a bad idea. Yep. Is that what's happening a little bit with Miami where teams are like, man, yeah, he's got Tyree Kill, but he doesn't have Mahomes. This two a guy can't beat us. Let's do our thing. And it, we'll see as the season goes on, teams are like, all right, look, the dude, Tyree Kill, we just got like, there's a certain, like the guy can get him the ball. And then we see that that slow down a little bit. Yeah, it's very possible. I mean, look, the, the one thing I will say is, I mean, and it actually just was pointed out by by Darth Bane, you know, like Tyreek was ridiculously open on those two touchdowns. Now, look, that's part of it. I mean, t- you know, Mahomes had some throws. He found Tyreek Hill wide open for touchdowns, right. okay? But I need to see the Dolphins. Like, this is a game where the Dolphins, I don't think, have a very good defense. At least not to this point. They've been awful. Their offensive line's not good. They haven't run the ball particularly well. Like, like there's a lot of warning signs. Like, that fourth quarter was kind of just a weird one-off thing. I'd like to see the, the Dolphins even play a competitive game against the Bills. Count me in. But I, I got to see that. Until then, I, I go pretender. Yeah, I'm not sure yet. I'm just not sure. I, I'm going to say contender right now. They went and they beat a, a pretty good Baltimore team and, and did it handedly. Um, we'll see how it goes, but that Bills game will be a nice litmus test for them. All right, before we get to our, uh, our final score predictions, and we want to hear yours as well, quick listener review. As you know, this is a podcast. Some of you guys are watching us on YouTube, but it definitely is a, a podcast as well. Audio only. You can get that over at Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. If you leave us a five-star review over there or any review with a question, we'll read it on the podcast. Uh, we'll answer your question. So um, the first one was, where is Matt Connor? One of our co-hosts is on the Tuesday show. What happened? Why so many shakeups? I need answers today. Um, hey, man, listen, uh, it was... Uh, Matt just uh, had a week off, had some things he got to, had to take care of. Um, so we switched it up a little bit. And uh, uh, as far as the shakeups go, we just we told you guys we wanted to bring you more Chiefs content and uh, expand this family that we're trying to build here in the Chiefs kingdom at the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. So we brought you a Wednesday show. 
and we're bringing you some extra content. So hopefully that's good. The way we look at it is, hey, you don't like the Wednesday show? That's fine. Can't stand me in Vertoram? Listen to the Tuesday, guys. Uh, we want to give you options to get as much Chiefs content because if you're like me, all I think about is the Chiefs, man. Chiefs and Count Chocula. Can't get enough. So um, last one comes from our guy, Wesley. Uh, great stuff. Love the pod. Huge fan of Vertoram's accent. That's a Boston accent, by the way. Yeah. How many? Uh, yeah. This is an interesting question, Vertoram. How many of the Chiefs teams in Patrick Mahomes' time does the current Chiefs team beat? So, uh, it took me a minute to figure out exactly what he meant, but no, I don't know what he means. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wow, that, that's a really interesting question. It's also hard to say it's so early in the season with this team. Yeah, I, just to clarify for anybody who didn't understand that wording, could the, how many of the teams, the, the twenty twenty two Chiefs, could they beat the twenty twenty Chiefs, twenty you know uh, twenty twenty one Chiefs, twenty nineteen Chiefs, twenty eighteen Chiefs? I think this team would have, would have beat last year's team. I do. I thought last year's team defensively was kind of to the point of running on fumes. 2020 teams a hard one to grade, man, because they had nowhere near the offensive line. They had Hill at the peak of his powers. Like that team lost one meaningful game until it got to the Super Bowl. Like the team was a machine. But yeah. if you remember that year too, though, they also had a lot of games that were like oddly very close. Like they would blow leads and they'd let teams back in. I'm like, it was a weird team. I'll answer it this way. So I don't want to I don't want to go on record with that because I, I just don't know what this team's gonna be. I think this team is more talented across the board than each of the last two years. Now, the Super Bowl team, I don't know. That's a hard question to answer. I, they beat the 2018 Chiefs with the terrible defense, but the explosive offense. That 2018 team was a juggernaut offensively. I I don't know, man. I, this is a great question. I don't know how to answer yeah. that. Yeah. I, I don't it's that. a weird thing, too, when teams go to the Super Bowl like or, or to a championship. I was, uh, as you guys know, I'm from Northeast Ohio, so I'm a Guardians fan. And I was looking back at their record history, you know, and, and I was like, yeah, man, you know, like they – they snuck up on everybody in 2016. They won like 90-some games, made it to the World Series, went to Game 7 with the Cubs, epic game, almost won it. Then the next season, they went and they got Edwin Encarnacion, added some power, tried to go all in, which is a rarity for for that team. And they won over 100 games and then lost in the ALDS to the Yankees. Yeah. You know, And that was it. And then they kind of just started well, back over. And Elijah actually made a couple of good points in the, in the chat. I shouldn't say actually, like I'm surprised. He made a couple of good points. He says, 2020 first half, no way. Which is true. That team in the first half of that season was the best they ever were. That team was insane. Yeah. I mean, they, they were winning games by halftime, like routinely. Yeah. But then they kind of, they, they fell off second half of the year. Um, yeah, and he's, and he's right too about the 2018 team. Like they were. Part of the reason they were so great that year is just nobody knew what the hell to do with that team. But they were just so unbelievably overwhelming from jump. I'll put it this way. I'll say this. I think roster-wise, this is the deepest team they've ever had. I I believe that. I don't know if they're the best team they've ever had, and a lot of that's going to be defined for me by how good these receivers end up being for them. My biggest fear with this team is they don't have explosiveness on the outside. That is my biggest fear. And when you get into a playoff game, you've got to have some of that. Now, it's mitigated some by having Kelsey – by having a great offensive line and having a quarterback who can just make explosive plays happen because he's unbelievable. He buys time and plays breakdown. That's my biggest fear with this team. Like, if somebody asked me the other day, if it was the draft tomorrow, what would I draft in the first round? And I said, an explosive receiver. <laughs> like, that would be, which you'd say, well, then why didn't they sign that? Well, because they wouldn't have this defense. Right? I mean, so you, you get, it's a trade off. I, I don't think they're necessarily worse off. I just think, like, I will say this. If they ever found an explosive receiver in the draft next year, I might forget it. They may not lose a game. But I I think they made the right move long term. 
I, but I don't know. I think it depends on Juju and MVS and Hardman. And more. If those guys end up being really good, then this might be the best team they've ever had. It just depends. Because I think – I will say this. I think this defense, if it's healthy, it will be the best defense they've had in Mahomes' career. And it, and it is the best offensive line. It is. So, yeah. you know, I, I think it just depends. But it's it's hard to say. It's going to be interesting to see how they continue to develop. I th- I have this feeling that McCole Hardman's about to bust off a big game. I just I, I think it's there. Um, we'll see. If, we'll see if it's this weekend. All right, let's get to our final score predictions. Um, let us know in the chat how's this one going to turn out. Verderam, I'll let you start us off. Uh, I, look, I think the Chiefs are going to win the game. They're a better team. Um, I think the Colts will play a lot better than they've played. I think it'll be a reasonably close game. I'm going to go 30 to 20, Kansas City. Um, I don't think it's a blowout, but I also think it's one of those games you never really feel like they're, excuse me, like they're ever really going to lose the game. Um, I think it's, I think it's a game where it's close early, and then the Chiefs kind of pull away mid third quarter, and then the Colts maybe slap an extra, you know, t- score in there. I think the Chiefs take it thirty to, to, to twenty. When I made my prediction earlier this week for ArrowheadAddict.com, I had a Chiefs twenty four, Colts seventeen. Um, I thought that the Colts might kind of get Jonathan, you know, it was it, Jonathan Taylor and you know, losing one of your linebackers. I thought some disjointedness on the defense, but after talking it through and doing some more research, the Chiefs pass rush, Matt Ryan, Mahomes, Gus Bradley, I'm going to amend my 24 17 to a, a 30 to 17 win for the Chiefs. Um, let's see what you guys got out there in the chat. Darth Bain, 51 to 21 Chiefs win. Colts start scoring against backups. William says 48 to 10 Chiefs. We have, we have, you guys convinced, it seems like, too, that the Chiefs are going to roll in this one. Jeremy says 37 17. Chiefs score uh, that flatters Indy. Chiefs in a score that flatters Indy, uh, 37 17. Uh, John F., Chiefs 24. Chiefs 34, Colts 23. Jose says 31-20 Chiefs. Elijah, 38-24. Lucas, 35-28. Uh, Chiefs, way too uh, way too close for comfort. Um, Lucas, the pragmatist of the group. Elijah says Chiefs. Clint says 42-17. Stacy 34-21. Colts get a garbage time touchdown, and it might look closer than it really is. Um, Ill Gaming, 35-14. Gunny D, curb stomp alert. I love that. We'll get a couple more. JPG, 31 to 24 Chiefs. Um, John F says, I really think it depends on Ryan. Uh, Jerome, 28-17 Chiefs. I love it. I love it. 3-0 start. Kansas City's got a really tough schedule. Let's get this win and get out of there. Get out of Indianapolis. Maybe they'll stop by the Motorhome Hall of Fame when they're out there. Verderam's favorite the vacation absolute spot. worst fucking place in the world. You, you know, that trip, 13 hours yeah. from Chicago to, to my parents' place in New York. You know they put a they, they put an extra wing on that damn place? Are you serious? They're building it out. Oh, my God. One of these days, I'm going to stop in there and be like, what the <laughs> fuck do you have to do to be in that Hall of Fame? Right. I have to know. Right. What is it? Yeah. What is, what is the... What is the like the, the threshold? Do they vote on this? <laughs> right. Like, do people just pull in and just demand that they, hey, look, I got an RV, so I'm in? Yeah. I mean, look, I think Indianapolis is a great city. I love going to the combine every year. Okay, a little too much at times, but get a lot of work done. That, however, the state itself outside Indianapolis, not a lot going on. Nope. 
Not a lot. Um, yeah, stop by the the RV Hall of Fame if you're ever driving there through Indianapolis. Um, all right, guys, we will. Uh, Verderham will be back tomorrow with a Film Friday. Um, won't be live, but be on the lookout for that. Again, if you're interested, if you like this podcast, if you enjoyed this content, consider becoming a member. And we'll see you in the private Discord where we hang out, where we watch the games, we talk about beer, we talk about books, music, video games, all that fun stuff. It's a really great community that we're building here at the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. And uh, we'll be back, of course, for the Arrowhead Attic post-game show after the game on Sunday. So make sure you join us then. Um, And then we'll resume our regularly scheduled schedule next week. All right. Programming. Yeah, that would have been good. That would have been better. Uh, We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Thanks, John. Appreciate that. Thanks, Clint. All right, guys, we're out of here. Mags out tonight. I'm ordering Chipotle and I'm going to, I'm going to sit down and and watch some sports. So um, it's going to be a night well spent. We'll see you guys. Browns, grab a bottle of vodka. Oh yeah. God almighty. I forgot to mention that. Well, that's right. You're getting Trubisky, Brissette, and hopefully a bottle of Grey Goose with you. Because oh, otherwise, there's no way to get through that. Yeah, game. take a bottle of Percocet and that bottle of uh, Tito's. You don't kill yeah. yourselves. But, just, I, <laughs> but my God, that game is deep, deep emotional pain. Yeah, you know, I grew up in Northeast Ohio, and Brown Steelers was once a thing to look forward to. And uh, Fans ought to come together to cancel this game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is it. Like, it just t- talk about – you ever see uh, – for all you Wire fans out there – you know the, the the famous scene from The Wire with Bunk when he's t- he's talking to to um uh oh god um Omar and he says makes me sick motherfucker how far we done fell and that's a great it's a great gif you can use that's what I think about when I think about Browns Steelers now it used to be like oh man this great rivalry one of the best rivalries in sports now it's the Bunk gif um tragic trubisky brissette uh just just absolutely brutal Um, all right everybody enjoy thursday night football if you can we'll see you on sunday but until then go chiefs For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.